when the plane is going down, put your mask on first before you take care of everybody else. You got to take care of yourself first and foremost. People think, oh, that's selfish. No, you have to be fulfilled, feel whole, feel happy, and then you can be better for everybody. You're listening to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, a podcast where I have conversations with inspirational people. My name is Chris, but my family calls me Christoph. My goal is to have as many conversations as possible with people who have forged their own path by pursuing their dreams, making them a reality, all the while emitting positivity and sharing this knowledge with others. I seek these people out and share this information with you, proving to the world that you can do what makes you happy and do what you want for a living while being a good human being. We'll talk about careers, but we'll also cover any story that inspires. Let's do this while helping each other. Thanks for listening. I'm happy you're here. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, Create Your Career. This is conversation number 169, episode number 294. Thank you so much for being here. I never take it for granted. Very much looking forward to sharing this one with you. So good, so informative, very knowledgeable, and just all around awesome and genuine guy. My guest today is Jay Ferugia. He's a fitness and mindset coach. He is the host of Renegade Radio and a plethora of other things. He has been in the business for 25 years plus. He's helped a ton of athletes in the NFL, MLB, all into high school, all around the spectrum. And he has such a good mindset and an approach to these things. And it's great to hear where he came from, how he came from it, and how he continues to fulfill his version of success. Remember, you can find this episode and all other contemplations and conversations on any podcast app. You can head over to ChristophLewis.com forward slash podcast, and you can head over to YouTube, subscribe, and watch there as well. That would be very helpful. Sharing this with a friend and heading over to Apple Podcasts and iTunes is a great way to help out. Rating five stars. And I always say I really appreciate the support and sharing it with a friend. It's something I never take for granted. So thanks so much for your support. Two and a half years later, without further ado, welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast. Create your career. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. You're very welcome. I'm always excited to do this. I just, I think I've said it the last couple of times now, but I've cut the frequency down of my podcasting. And so I'm only doing like one recording a week and I've really, really right. missed them and I'm really looking forward to them. So I have even more, a higher level of excitement to do these. And I was telling you a little bit off camera, like selfishly, I had all these questions, which I'm not going to get into all that during the interview for the sake of everybody else. But uh, just because all the injuries I've had and everything that you are doing, and I was saying, the more I looked into you and what you're doing, why you're doing it and how you're doing it, the more I was like, really excited to interview you. So before we get in the rest of the episode, for those of us that may not know who you are, would you mind shooting us a quick intro about who you are? Yeah, sure. I mean, long story short, I started um, in the fitness industry in 1994. Growing up, like I was just a skinny well, first I was a fat, then I was a skinny, fat, weak kid, not the most athletic guy, you know, not, not the popular kid, the kid who kind of got bullied and whatnot. And, um, so I was, uh, you know, really drawn to weight training. I, I was, you know, watching Schwarzenegger and Stallone on the big screen as a kid and watching pro wrestling every Saturday morning. And I was like, man, I want to be one of these larger than life figures because I thought that would change my life. And then I would I'd be able to sit at the cool table and not get bullied all the time and all that, you know, so I became obsessed with that and then went to school and. I uh, started, you know, interning in the weight room, training people. I was able to uh, open up my, uh, I started training people when I was still in school, saved up enough money, put every dime back into mm. the business and was able to open up uh, my own private training facility. And within a few years, first couple of years, I was just training regular people. And then I built up a huge business training athletes, which is what I really wanted to do and enjoyed. 
And within just a few years, we had, you know, 50 to 70 athletes coming in every day after wow. school, high school athletes, college athletes, pro athletes. That was my career, you know, every day, 12 hours a day for the next decade or so. Um, and then I, you know, started writing and sharing stuff. And uh, back in early 2000s, I started writing before there was such a word as a blog, selling my own uh, self-published stuff, yeah. did a book with Penguin, had uh, a column in Men's Fitness for years. Um, so that's kind of, you know, that's the, the early days. And then it evolved into the podcast and the live events and everything we do now and all that. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I mean, there's a lot going on there, obviously. And I encourage you, the listener, we're probably not going to, we don't have, we don't have time to get into everything that is Jay. It, it's a lot of stuff, but I, I love that you were doing a lot of these things a long time ago and really just stuck the, you know, put the stake in it initially to do all these things. So I'm kind of curious, like a lot of people are involved in sports and it helps shape them growing up. What was your like attraction to helping athletes specifically? Like, why did you want to target down on them? Uh, well, I just grew up obsessed with. Uh, I, I loved sports growing up. I mean, I played every sport. I wasn't that good, and <laughs> you know, but I was an obsessive New York Giants and Yankees fan, and I loved Walter Payton and Michael Jordan, and Magic Johnson. And uh, as I got into training, I was like, oh man, I wish I would have done this years earlier because then maybe I would have had a chance of being decent. And, and I just also, I knew that training athletes would be super fun. They'd have more yeah, drive and dedication yeah. than just regular people. You know, so I was training regular people for a couple of years. And then I got an athlete. Uh, this is 1996. I got my first athlete. And to this day, he and I are good friends. He's nice. like a little brother to me. And he referred me a bunch of his uh, friends. And, you know, they went on to, everyone I was getting was, was, was breaking rushing records and scoring records and scholarships. And it was just so much fun. It was yeah. super rewarding. And um, there was no such thing as group training at the time. There was just uh, like aerobics classes or there was one-on-one -on -one personal training. And so I always half-jokingly say that I invented group training because nobody was doing it that I knew of. And I started training these athletes in groups of three, four, six, eventually 12. Uh, and not by like any stroke of business genius. It was just like, oh, they, they want to train <laughs> together with their friends. It's sure. more fun. And I was like, oh, I like doing this more too. And then eventually, you know, that, that became the foundation of the business, which is like we had small groups and then groups of 12. And, yeah. And that was, I mean, yeah. So, so, so the reason I ask uh, for you and for everybody listening to is like, sometimes I like asking obvious questions. And for, for me, it's like, well, why? But you, you kind of said it like you want, not only because you're an athlete, but they have more drive. They have more dedication to want to be coached. And I know like when I'm trying to give advice or trying to work with somebody, if they're not really in it, then you're not really in it. But the more that somebody cares yeah. about what they're actually doing and the progress they want to make and where they want to go, oh, yeah. it lights a fire in you to want to be able to help them. So like, that's where that was kind of coming off. And I don't even want to like skip past the stuff you said in your introduction. Like you were bullied as a kid. You wanted to sit at the quote unquote cool table. It just seems like so many things have changed, but it took time. Another thing I want to articulate to everybody here, you said a couple of years, you reinvested the money four years and then 10 years later to get the athlete. And it's just like, these things take time. You have to understand why you want to do them and who you want to do them with. But I'm, I'm a little bit more curious. I love going into like the EQ side of things and how else did the bullying really have an effect on you even until now? Because like, for example, I'll give you a good example that has taken a hold on me is I interviewed the, the great MMA star, uh, boss Rutan, And he was telling, he, he was, he was bullied as a kid. And that's a lot of stuff that led to him fighting and doing everything that he's done. And, uh, but the words have stuck with him. So how has that kind of helped shape other than what you already shared with us more of what you've done until now? I guess, you know, it, it does put a little bit of a chip on your shoulder and you're yeah. like, 
you know, makes you work harder. I wouldn't take it back. I mean, certainly a lot of people have had it a lot worse, you know. Yeah. Um, back then you were just getting a fight. Like no one was getting stabbed <laughs> or shot or anything. Or like, you just getting a fight and then you were okay. Like I, I never had, I was never in the hospital or anything, you know. But still, it's, it's daily, yeah. you know, mental, physical abuse and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I think it, it just just hardens you up and, yeah. and uh, maybe, I don't know, it just kind of prepares you for, to struggle. Like, that's why I personally don't glorify the hustle and the grind and all that because okay. it, it seems like something that's always come naturally to me. And, mm-hmm. and if, if people don't hustle 24-7, I don't look down upon them. Like, maybe I do it because I'm looking for something from, from, you know, from the like that I need to get on a therapist couch for from the bullying. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but, 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 you know, it – it held me back in so many ways too, because maybe it was that, maybe it was certain relationships with my dad or my parents or whatnot, but I was always just really shy and introverted mm-hmm. and, and not confident. Mm-hmm. And so even though I was able to build up a pretty successful business, I always had self-limiting beliefs. I would always yeah. sabotage yeah. shit. I would always burn it down if I got too successful. Uh, I had a negative relationship with money, you know, all these things. And that really drove me to finally one day be like, man, I haven't fixed any of this, you know, I really got to fix this and fix what's in here and what's in here kind of change things dramatically. Yeah. And I'm really just asking out of curiosity and a lot of the things that I've read about you on both website, Instagram, things like that has really got me interested uh, for the holistic approach. Like a lot of the things you just said right now and why I want to tie into bullying to what you just said right now is like, it's not just the physical, it's not just the mental, but you said financial as well. And to be able to focus on all of those, and even like you said, you're like a, this little uh, skinny, weak kid, and I'm struggling with that stuff now. I have, I was a lot smaller then. I'm, I'm still working on it. You know, I'm in progress as we all are. But the fact that you shared that, you know, I, I was mentally weak. I was skinny. I was sad. I was depressed. I was all of these things. But here I am now, and, and I'm continuing to work on it. And I know I've read that you said that simplicity was the key to a lot of this. And I would love for you to share a little bit more into throughout this whole entire holistic approach. Cause I love, I'm not a finance podcast. I'm not a workout podcast, you know, physical podcast or anything like that. I like to focus on the mental, the EQ, but I also believe, like I said, in the holistic approach. So if you could maybe talk a little bit more about why you subscribe or think that all of these things in totality are so important and how the simplicity is related to all that Hmm. well i mean i think it's it's important because you look at so many people right like you might have a millionaire who's out of shape and he's cheating on his wife every night and he's depressed and he's addicted to drugs or whatever or you have the guy who's super fit but his business is in shambles he has no close relationships so you have those different you know can you have those four pillars of your life Mm -hmm. and it's better like one of my really good friends who runs a coaching program when they always says it's better to advance all four of those pillars by an inch instead of one by a mile because yeah. then everything's kind of out of balance, you know, and you, you do what Tony Robbins said, you can che- you uh, confuse achievement for fulfillment. And so many of us have been there where you're just chasing uh, accolades and money and then you're like, oh, what now? I don't feel any yeah. better. I thought I would feel so much better, you know? Um, so I think it, it, everybody, it's a struggle. There's never going to be a perfect balance, but if mm-hmm. you could have kind of that work-life fitness integration and you have perspective of, of what's important. You know, you're, you're just, everything's going to be better. If you're just focused on work and you just work all day, all your relationships are going to be terrible. Your fitness probably won't be that great. But then, you know, if you focus on those other things, all the other things will stop. So you got to work towards finding a balance eventually. And that's, you know, it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. But. Well, yeah, and that's so true. 
it's 100% different for everybody. And one of the other things you had mentioned was one of the things I love talking about that I noticed in myself was the ability to greatly sell myself short. And it kind of seems as if that was something that you had done growing up as well. And I can see it in other people, a lot of other friends, people that I've tried to help mentor. And it still, to this day, Jay, it still is a thing I struggle with. So one of the things I'm trying to do with this podcast is I realize that people sell themselves short and their strengths and just across the board and all these things we talked about holistically. But how can we help change this culture that we are capable of more? How can we help get ourselves on the right track to convince ourselves that we are capable of more? I really think the easiest way to do that is to get around the right people. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you grow up and people are always uh, glasses half empty or eh, that's a risky idea, don't try that. Like you just think this way forever. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were used to being bullied and people said certain things, you think that way. But for me I think, and for people I've worked with and people I've talked to and successful colleagues, like getting around those people is what changes it more than anything. Like you could read the right books. That's all great. Take the courses. That's great. You know, try to think your way into a different thing. Like, that's great, but you got to get around the right people. And then you, just by osmosis, you learn from them. You see how they think, how they uh, react to things, how they're, they're never, never negative. They're never, you know, uh, gossiping, things like that. Ooh. And then what I, what I found is I thought I would be at a, like, I was, I was ascending. Okay, I'm, not, I'm at a better level now, better than I was. And then I'll say something to one of my friends and be like, yeah, but you can do that. That's a great idea, but you could also do this and make it 20% better. Whereas years ago, I was around people that would say, oh, that's a terrible idea. Huh. You know, so you get around those people <laughs> who are always pushing you yeah. and you it just changes the way you think. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's funny you bring that up because I, one of the people that I love watching and that one of my one of my favorite, you're the 169th person I've interviewed and one of my favorite in, interviews was Bedris Kulian. And you guys had a, had a picture like relatively, yeah, relatively recently. And I was like, oh shit, of course they hang out, you know, like, <laughs> and I was like, uh, one of the things you had captioned was uh, you are the company you keep. And it's so funny that you bring that into one of these answers is you are the company you keep. And I know definitively, definitively that that's been one of the reasons too, for where I've seen my version of what is my success. And it, it truly is priceless to be able to watch for, for me, how I learned to be able to watch somebody else. Uh, part of the reasons, again, I was kind of telling you off camera, but they answered a little bit more. These podcasts are for, for me too. Like selfishly, right. I really yeah. want to ask Jay these questions. Like I want to learn from yeah. you. This is somebody I've seen you. I've seen do these things, talk to these kind of people. Well, okay. Well, how does this guy think? You know, like what is he doing? Who's he hanging out with? Why is he doing them? So start your own podcast. That's like, you know, like that's, that's yeah. why I love being able to do this, which so I fully subscribe to that. Uh, it's been instrumental to, like I said, the versions of success that I have seen in my life and that I continue to experience throughout the journey of which is mine, which leads me into, we've talked about the people that you keep around you, but for you personally, I am super interested in always asking this question. What are some of the behaviors that have led to your version of success and are consistent contributors to your even daily success? Mm. Um, first and foremost, having non-negotiables, having rules for your life, uh, things you do, things you don't do, and that you make clear to everybody. So they know that they respect your boundaries. They won't ask you things that they 
once you establish this, people will no longer ask you things that annoy you. If, if they know <laughs> sure. you're not going to help them move, they're not going to bother you with that. If they know you don't have more than three drinks once a week, they're not going to peer pressure you into drink, drinking six drinks on a Wednesday night. Like you establish, and people respect you more. At first, it's tough, but then people respect you more. And um, so you got to get out a notebook and write what are your non-negotiables. And you know, it's kind of a cliche, like. When the plane is going down, put your mask on first before you take care of everybody else. You've got to take care of yourself first and foremost. People think, oh, that's selfish. No, you have to be fulfilled, feel whole, feel happy. And then you can be better for everybody. You can be better mm -hmm. for your husband, for your wife, for your friends, for your boss, for your employees. But you got to take care of yourself first. So what's important to you? Like for me, I have to meditate. I have to train every day. If I don't read for an hour a day, I feel bummed out and let down. You know, like I have to spend a certain amount of time outside. I have to eat healthy. If I don't do all those things, then I'm not going to, if you say, hey, do you want to go out tonight? I'm going to say no, because I'm, I'm let down. I'm, I had anxiety. I'm stressed out. I didn't take care of myself. So I'll be a good friend for you. So you got to do that. That's super. Most people just don't do it. Like spend an hour, yeah. get out a notebook, write down. What do you have to do? What are your non-negotiables and what's on your do not do list? What are rules for your life? Mm. I think that's really it really comes down to that. And then if you have self-limiting beliefs that hold you back, always just, you know, try to have a higher level of self-awareness and, and, and notice, okay, review at the end of the day, what did I do? What, what old behaviors, behaviors did I default to? Like we said before, if you're bullied as a kid, that does stay with you forever. Mm -hmm. So maybe in a moment of weakness, you default to something, mm -hmm. write it down. How can you get better tomorrow? You know, just get back on the horse, keep working. I think I think it's great. I think those are really the main the main things that are that are the most important. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's super analytical. I mean, if you truly seek growth, th then like, what does a company do? You know, they don't just go about their business and continue just like oh whatever. They they have balance sheets. They ha they they check their metrics. They study themselves. What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? Like I said, or like I love that you said, like what is not just my to do list. But what is my to don't <laughs> to don't list? Yeah. And yeah. I think a lot of times, and again, I can only speak from my personal experience that my ego has been my enemy. If I can quote one of the books I'm reading right now, and yeah. I've been afraid. I, I've been afraid of what other people I, I think they're gonna say when I say, "Hey, man, you know, I, I don't I don't drink liquor anymore. I'll have a beer, and I'll go hang out." Yeah. But I, I haven't drank liquor in four years personally, and those are some things people look at you weird. What are you an alcoholic? No, I just don't want to drink liquor. And it's not that serious, but this is what I'm trying to make clear. And it m has made me very uncomfortable at times to be able to stand up for myself. And I think it goes, it, it kind of coincides with selling myself short. So I love being able to kind of tie these things together. So I think it's really good. Uh, create, if I could recap, just create rules for yourself, for your life, uh, make it clear to others. And I think that's a lot of things that we don't do or we're afraid to do and write things down and analyze yourself if you do truly see growth. So those are phenomenal things. I like that. I know um, if I may completely kind of shift us a little bit, I've liked talking about transition uh, quite a bit. I was telling you I was in the military, had an interesting transition, but overall it was good because I prepared. Now, you've been in this industry for what I can tell at least 25 years for, for a while. What did you do before this? And how did like I, the reason I'm going to ask this question is because coinciding with selling yourself short, a lot of people all of these things, actually, ego, all this stuff, what other people think, we don't do what we want to do in our lives. And I want to use UJ as a living, breathing example of he's doing what he wants. This is why this is how he's done it. So why and how did you get into what you're doing? Did you have a did you always know you want to do this? It kind of sounds like it with sports and things like that. 
but just walk us through a little bit of maybe your mindset and some of the actions taken to be able to solidify yourself within this current field that you're in, that you've been in for a quarter century. Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing I did before this was in high school, I just worked manual labor and I was like, well, that is not, <laughs> I don't want to do that's that. That's fitness, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then by, by senior year, I was already, I guess, entrepreneurial where I was like, I don't want to be working for people. I want to work for myself. So I'll do the manual labor stuff and get paid myself. Maybe even by junior. No, not probably senior year and into college. I, I started doing that. So I guess I had that entrepreneurial gene or whatever. And then it just became like I went into college thinking and, and in retrospect, it seems delusional because I was so quiet and didn't talk. But I was like, I want to be a broadcaster. I want to be like Howard Stern or host Sports Center or something like that. Yeah. But I just that wasn't who I was at the time. So eventually I got into this. Uh, it became an obsession. I saw changing my, my confidence and changing my life. Mm. And it was something that I really enjoyed and just being able to push myself and challenge myself physically. I, I, I knew the importance of that. And, um, and then it kind of just took off. Like it wasn't a plan. I didn't know this is what I wanted to do, but yeah. it kind of just, you know, things just happened organically. And I was like, I really do love this. And it wasn't just the physical changes. It was cool because I got to teach kids so many other things just you know, more than just squatting and chin-ups and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I became a mentor and a big brother and a father figure to a lot of these kids. And I, I still have memories of some of the moms coming in and crying <laughs> their eyes out and saying, you know, how much their son had learned here in four years or That's eight awesome. years or however long they've been there. And I still yeah. have relationships with a lot of those guys today, 10, 20 years later. And, uh, you know, randomly I'll just get unsolicited messages about, how, you know, they still think about those days and, the, the, the camaraderie and the brotherhood, you know, just life lessons. So, so to me, it, it was that. And, and, and that, that's why I'm still in it. If it was just about getting people bigger, stronger, faster, I don't know if I'd still be as passionate, but when I see all these other differences that are made, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. There's nothing like that to be able to help people on that level while continuously helping yourselves and having such an impact to where those relationships are staying for not just until the training's done or the mentoring's done, but they're staying for years and decades in some in some instances like this so now it's pretty incredible and hopefully we don't hear too much of these lawnmowers outside right now so i apologize if you guys hear that a little bit in the background but um confidence was another thing i honed down i actually as everybody knows i have this whiteboard down here i write things on it all the time one of them is confidence it's something i lack i have a relatively newer job and i'm just dealing with imposter syndrome a lot which i think kind of coincides with some of these things we're talking about and confidence is one of the things that I've really been working on. So what is one of the things that has helped you gain confidence? The right books, the right events, being around the right people. And then instead of doing what the self-help industry tells you to do, which is think your way into acting differently, you can have much faster results if you try to act your way into thinking differently. So once you get around the right people, and once you develop this awareness, a couple steps. So first of all, use meditation. We use meditation for sports. So if, if you know, okay, I know I lack confidence and I'm insecure and shy and quiet. I want to change this. I know it's going to be a one to five year journey, but here's what I'm going to do. Step one, first day is I'm going to, I'm going to visualize how I want to be when I go out in the world, when I go to an event, when I go to a party, uh, when I go to a meeting, when I go to work. Okay. Uh, set goals for myself. Who do I want to engage with there? Who do I want to connect with? How many times do I want to start a conversation? So same, same as business or anything else, yeah. right? You have to be analytical about it. At the end of the day, you're going to review it. What did I do well? What did I do wrong? You're going to review it immediately after. So my wife knows even to this day where I think I'm pretty good at it yeah. because uh, I went from being the world's worst at this to being good enough at it that the Dodgers and the Twins and big organizations bring me in to talk about it, building relationships and connecting. 
Um, even to this day, my wife knows that after a party or a big event or something, on the way home, we're going to have the music super low, which is really rare because music is my obsession. You, know, you see <laughs> yeah. the records a little obsessed with music, but we turn the music almost down to you can't even hear it because I got to do a five-minute recap. Did I talk to Mike enough? Did I give that guy my time? Did I connect with who I wanted to? How was, how was my body language? How was my posture? What about when I was sucked into that really long conversation with that guy that I didn't want to talk to? Did I make him feel weird or was I good? You like, like all these things I'm reviewing and what could I do better next time? And then what I was saying about act your way into thinking differently is, okay, so you do all those things, you plan, you review, but once you get to the place, how would someone you think who's really confident and charismatic act? Maybe it's Dave Chappelle, maybe it's The Rock, maybe, you know, whoever it is for you, maybe it's yeah. Justin Timberlake, whatever. How does this person act? And let me embody this. Let me walk in, let me change my posture, my physicality, and um, uh, change your state, like Tony Robbins says, right? So if I know normally I'm kind of like shy and this, like that, I can't do that. I got to act my way into thinking differently. Um, and, and that's just what you do. And then, and then over time, the first time, it's going to be like, this is I'm so awkward and weird. This is everyone's looking at me. But every time it just gets better and better and better. You know, it's, it's like, like you're shooting free throws or lifting weights. Whatever you do, eventually, you know, you play the guitar and your, your fingertips are destroyed. But then eventually the, the calluses build up and you don't feel it anymore. So you have to just be dedicated to it. I think so many people think either they think one of two things. This is how I always was and this is how my family is. And I'm always going to be shy and lack confidence or whatever. Yeah. Or you think, you know what? In time, this will just get better. As they get into my 40s or 50s, somehow this will get better. Neither of those are true. You have to work on it. Change the false narrative in your head. You can do anything. And so many people have proven to themselves that they can do things. So why would this be any different? You've proven to yourself that you could get better at golf or at basketball. You can make a team. You can increase your squat 100 pounds. You can lose 50 pounds. You could double your income. So why would this be any different? Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but a lot of people just assume that. But it's it's not. You just work on it and you can change anything. I agree a million percent because, like I've said, I've struggled with most of what we've talked about today. And I think a lot of people do. I think that's just we're human. But understanding that we can make the change. I always thought that I couldn't make the change. Maybe a lot of other people, yeah. probably yeah. a lot of other people think that they can't make the change. And something I've been working on a while and you've kind of hit on the head a couple of times is that it takes time. It was one of the first things you said. I think the first thing you said when I asked this question was plan on one to five years. Like it takes time and embody it act in thinking, set goals, review, visualize all of these things. And again, I think that it's probably a lot worse in your head. Like you're walking into that room in this instance, like you're like, Oh shit, everybody's looking at me. Everybody thinks I'm like standing up straight, like an asshole, or I'm thinking these things. It's like, so whatever, but man, and nobody's thinking that. Nobody's thinking, thinking that. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Every, if you could just visualize like a cartoon, like everybody's thought bubbles above the room, that would be yeah. some shit to see. And I bet it'd be yeah. hilarious. And everybody's so worried. But I think if you approach it, from a manner of, you know, why am I doing this? You know, why do I want to be confident? And then really like fully commit to to that and then really take the time to analyze it every time like you're doing. And you make me feel a lot better because I thought I was a little bit crazy for like doing similar things like that in my own life. Like I'm literally judging everything. Like somebody's like, well, how, how have you gotten better at speaking as a podcast host? And well, first of all, I'm definitely and always still working on it. But honestly, every single conversation I have, I'm very analytical and thinking of it in that sense. But I said, you know what? I take it a step further. I swear to you and everybody listening that 
when I have a conversation with my wife, when I have a conversation with my family, when I have a conversation with somebody at work, I am using that as quote unquote practice about becoming a better speaker and be able to articulate myself better. So literally, if I really, or if you, whatever you want to do better, incorporate that into your daily routine in your life, for me, that has worked. And I've seen a lot of growth on that. But like I said, you're the 169th guest. This is a 294th episode and I've done it a lot and it's taken two and a half years. And if you want to have some fun, if you're listening, go back and check out the episodes from 2018 and you can see the growth. And I think we see a lot of people, we see somebody like yourself. Okay, Jay, you're in shape. You speak with confidence and you know what the hell you're doing. And we think that is just who he was born into. And he wasn't this, you know, weak guy, small guy, uh, this timid guy, but that's clearly not the case. So it's so cool for me uh, from the outside looking in and seeing this evolution of which is you and then your contribution to society and to other people and helping other people. So I kind of want to, with the time we have left, answer with one of the most obvious questions that I asked. It sounds obvious from the outside, but in conclusion with what I've just said is helping other people. That's something I see you're very, very passionate about. You've incorporated into a couple of your questions and, and answers already. Definitely as we record this in June, 2020, like we need to be leaders for not only ourselves, but our communities. No matter what you believe in, we need more leadership, but I think it starts with us and I think it coincides with helping other people. So why do you help other people? Yeah, I mean, because it's the most natural thing you can do as a human, like that's how we evolved. And if you go back to tribal days, we would live in small groups of like 30 to 40 people and everyone was reliant upon everyone else. Like you hunted, you gathered, you built shelter. We were always together. We had to rely on each other and, and, and we would all sleep together, low to the ground. Like everyone spend time together. That's why I always say when people are like, Oh, I'm a lone wolf. I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, no, that's, that's just not true. That's not natural. Like solitary confinement's the worst thing in the, in the animal kingdom. If you're hurt or you're ostracized, like animals, we're the only people who think we could be alone. So being with people, helping them. I think that's just how we evolved. And look, it makes you feel better. At the end of the day, like, the reason people donate to charities or donate their time sometimes is it's altruistic, sure, but everyone's not Mother Teresa. Some of it is it makes you feel better, and that's fine. Like, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And you'll always be happier. You know, like Booker T. Washington said, those who do the most for others, those who are happiest are those who do the most for others. And Ali said, service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on earth. Mm. I just think it's your obligation. I just think, uh, and, and it comes back to you. Like you can't outgive the universe. The more you help other people, you're going to be happier. And if you're only internally focused on how can I make more money? How can I build more muscle? How can I do this? Like you're always going to be stressed out and anxiety ridden because you're never going to reach that level where you're happy with any of those things. Mm -hmm. But if you're externally focused and you leave the house in the morning, you're like, how can I make this dude smile? How can I give this lady a compliment? How can I do this? You're always going to feel better because now you're giving instead of trying to receive and be selfish and stuff like that. And, and whenever you meet somebody, no matter who you meet, even if it's the rock, or whoever you think is the most confident person on the planet, you're guaranteed 100%. It's like you have a cheat sheet that there's something they have anxiety about, stress about, the rock's insecure about something, there's something that makes them uncomfortable, um, there's something they're struggling with. Everybody has that at all times. So you have that cheat sheet. So now it's basically like you have a gift in your pocket that you can give them. And that gift is just a quick distraction. Instead of looking at your phone, be like, Hey man, I like your shoes. Or oh, what's this? That's uh, that, that's awesome. I love that. Where, where'd you get that? What's the story behind that? Or maybe they had the shirt on in your favorite band. You're like, oh, dude, what's your favorite Pearl Jam song? It's amazing. Like whatever <laughs> it is, and just that small interaction, that human touch, like 
that can make people's day. I, I'll come home a lot of times and tell my wife, like, oh, I just met the coolest guy across the street. We just talked for five minutes. Like, that made my whole day. Because that's what people really want is human connection. Yeah. So, so you're helping that person. You might not have solved their problems. You might not help them through any of it. But for two minutes, they smile. Yeah. They have some endorphins. They feel better. And, and that's great. And if you do those small things, you can change the world. Like, we all have, you know, like behind me, I, I, I have Dr. King and, and Bruce Lee and all these people on the wall. I'm like, Sometimes I get caught up like that. Oh my God, am I not doing enough? And I think a lot of people get like that. But then that kind of drains you too, and that bums you out. Mm-hmm. But if you can just help people in your local community, help ten people, help five people that you interact with by being better, by being nicer, by giving them a compliment, uh, then you can change the world in that way. You know? Yeah, and I think just again from my perspective is like we're selling ourselves short because I think and I've seen and people have done it to me that small thing or that smile or that somebody says thank you on a direct message since we're all remote now for the most part, like, wow, like that that could have shifted the trajectory of their day and you not know it. And I know like I've given the example of just smiling somebody across the street or you're saying like talking to somebody, but like just be a good human people or human being. And a lot of times that can have such a bigger impact and that stuff, uh, it adds up quick. You know, it really adds up and it can help somebody out. And I think if you, again, if you're defining yourself, you know, make rules for your life and you scream that from the mountaintop that that's who you want to be and that's who you're going to be. And I think if you define yourself as the character who is going to have a level of impact, a positive impact like that, even if it's small, like, hey, every time I talk to Jay, he always asks me how I am. He doesn't just shoot straight into work or something like that. Like, damn, I love when Jay hits me up and I am and he asks me some stuff like this. So I think be that man or that woman that you want to see in the world. And I think we can see more of it. Like, I truly believe that, you know, and the, the, the people you were mentioning behind you, they believed it. You believe it. I believe it. And the more we have conversations like this, the more other people can believe it in themselves and then have that leadership contribution to the world and their community so jay this has been phenomenal i really appreciate it but before we get out of here please share with us how we can get a hold of you yeah uh if you go to that'll take you to my website uh renegaderadiopodcast.com and on instagram i'm at jay jay like i said thanks so much this has been really good really fun and it just solidified why i was looking forward to this so have a great rest of your night and i'll talk to you later thanks bro appreciate it